Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Majuk. And I'm Kate Majuk. And we're married. To each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Ayo. Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. And I'm Kate, uh, and I'm a fantasy analyst for Pro Football Focus, PFF, if you will, Yahoo Fantasy, site manager for Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm a little bit everywhere. I was going to say, if you list all the things you do, we may, that might be the whole show. That's the show, baby. That's the show. We have a great show for you today because we're through the first week of preseason we actually have a little bit of information about maybe what these teams might be trying to do and which players they're going to use or not use not a ton of information after week one but we got a little bit right and then we had two huge well huge in terms of affecting fantasy football right running back signings yeah the the running backs themselves not so huge yeah but um, you know, the, who they're affecting in the backfield. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of huge. So let's just hop into it. Dalvin cook. He signs with the New York jets one year up to $8.6 million. That's, that's no, nothing to, you know, laugh at. No. And like the interesting part about like the incentives portion of this is that Dalvin cook apparently thinks that, you know, based on this situation that he has, enough room in this run game to hit those incentives like you don't sign an incentives laden deal if you are you know thinking that Brees Hall is going to see 80 percent of the running back touches no and he's not going to so uh, this is the thing I never had Brees Hall ranked that high to begin with I always like either I thought he was going to start slow due to the injury and one of the guys in the backfield that were already there was going to handle some of the workload to start. Obviously, that would have been way less risky for taking Brees Hall. But then also when Delvin Cook came there, it really seemed like he was going to sign. So I figured they'd bring in someone. Now, it did happen to be that as soon as Delvin Cook signs, Brees Hall is then taken off the PUP list and starts to practice. Today, Tuesday, instantaneously, fifteenth. It was like... You know, Dalvin Cook says he agrees to sign the night before, and Brees Hall is back to practice the very next day. Now, well, I'm sure it wasn't his decision, right? Like, he always seemed like he wanted to be at practice, and they were probably just playing it safe with their 36 overall pick, who was great last year coming off an ACL. I do still think Brees Hall has good fantasy value. His, It's not like he was getting a ton of volume last year. I mean, when the season first started, it was all – just the other, like Michael Carter that he had to split with and he, he wasn't getting that much work. It's the thing is he was just breaking off long plays. And then right before he got injured, he did start to see more work. And then unfortunately he tore his ACL. 
he it, it all comes down to how much burst does he still have right after this injury and how much does he trust the knee yeah like how much do you trust leaning into leaning into the place like he has missed now pretty much all of training camp um you know we still have some of the preseason we'll see if but I don't Dalvin know that Cook's we'll see coming. him, but Dalvin Cook's not going to practice for at least another week because that's he's, what's weird. He's that's recovering from a sh- shoulder surgery, so he's not even fully healthy either. And I will say, last year was the first year that Dalvin Cook made it f- through a full year. Like he always misses games due to. Injury. To be fair, a lot of it was due to that shoulder that he very much needed repaired. Like he had this continuous yeah, shoulder he injury. Tore his ACL yeah, yeah, he yeah. yeah. But that injury. was, that was a couple of years ago, but yeah. like, uh, I think the most nagging injury that he's had has been the shoulder for what it's worth. So now that's fixed. I will say for the sake of Brees Hall, I would have been a lot more comfortable if it were Zeke signing. Yeah. Than Dalvin Cook, because I do think like, yeah, Dalvin Cook, you've seen like, a you know, some regression in terms of his efficiency overall, but he still looked like, you know, Dalvin Cook light. Oh, Dalvin Cook's still good. And like he's going to get the touches. And yeah, so we can move on to this Zeke signing and then kind of put it all together here. So Ezekiel Elliott signed a one year contract with the Patriots up to six million dollars. So, of course, now it's Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson that are hurt. Brees Hall by Cook and Ramondre Stevenson by Zeke. I was already lower on Ramondre Stevenson to begin with. His ADP right now as we record is RB10. I'm sure that will go down a little bit with Zeke. But the thing is, Ramondre Stevenson had a really great start to the season. He really started to fall off, though, towards the end. He was dealing with some nagging injuries, but... I mean, the last, I mean, from weeks 14 through 18, three points, three points, seven points, 13 points. He did have a 25-point week, so that was still great. But this is full PPR I'm talking about here, and that's pretty much where all of his production came from throughout the year because he only scored five touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. But at the end of the year, it was two receptions for two yards, two receptions for negative four yards, two receptions for three yards, two receptions for nine yards, and then we get five receptions for 28. But if this whole offense opens up and he's getting fewer receptions because he led the team in receptions, which you never want a running back to lead a team in receptions, that's never going to be efficient. And then Zeke steals the goal line work because I have a feeling that's why they brought him in for the short yardage. I don't want Ramondre Stevenson on my fantasy team at all. I think that's fair. I think there's probably going to be a little bit of an overcorrection here for Stevenson. Um, like I I think he's still the clear passing down back in terms of like what he's accomplished last year. Zeke had a a career low 1.1 receptions per game, like only 23 targets. And he played almost the full season. Kind of crazy for a guy that like has previously had a 95 target year. Um, just really kind of totally saw that fall off as Tony Pollard continued to emerge. But I think that role is Ramondre's and like the biggest weeks for Ramondre Stevenson, they weren't necessarily all on the ground. He had two fantastic games, 161 yards in week five, uh, 172 in week 17 or week 15. But outside of that, like 
a lot of the production you saw from fantasy was a lot of receiving work. So I don't think But I don't think he's going to be getting as scary. I don't think he's going to be getting the eight, seven, seven, ten, no, eight targets. I, yeah, I, I think we can probably That's expect when that he was scoring all the bit. points. Like I said, at the towards the end of the year he wasn't getting those same amount of targets. But you also might see a little bit more efficiency yeah, with hopefully. those targets. Hopefully. So, let's say now we have Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson. They're already ranked pretty closely to each other. As an ADP Stevenson was going ten. Brees Hall going 13. Who do you want now more? If you had to pick one, let's say they both fall down a little bit. You can get Brees Hall in the third round. You can get Ramondre Stevenson in the, say you can get either one in the third round. Which one would you prefer? I'll take Stevenson there just because I, like, I think, you know, even when Brees Hall comes back and is healthy, like, I don't think they're just going to bench Dalvin Cook, right? Like, they're not this gonna is going to be a, no, yeah, this is going to be a much bigger competition for carries than I think Ezekiel Elliott versus Ramondre Stevenson maybe but I want I want Brees Hall I want that the guy that can bring home bring any touch 60 yard touch I mean we saw it last year multiple times right like he can just take any touch run or a catch to the house and I I do think you know Dalvin Cook doesn't always stay healthy and Brees Hall could own this backfield again just like that but the or same way that even if they're both playing though they're both going to get a decent amount of snaps I think the same way though that that you have that potential for Brees Hall to break off a, a run obviously it's not as as big a threat right for Dalvin Cook in you know this day and age but like don't you think a 2023 Dalvin Cook is at least comparable to maybe a Brees Hall coming off an ACL like no we don't think that those are like I at least in the very beginning no in the very beginning sure yeah yeah you're not gonna but this is the thing right take Najee Harris instead take Jameer Gibbs instead take okay this is a risky one and you probably you probably won't have to make the decision because he's going a little bit later but if he keeps climbing up boards and these two guys keep climbing down boards or falling down boards Damian Pierce Brees Hall or Ramondre Stevenson Damian Pierce easily That's a bold one, but like when you're in, the I don't third think ra- it's that bold. When you're in the third round, Stevenson, Harris, and Hall are all going to be going in the same spot. I'm taking Najee, so it won't even be hard for me. I don't have to decide between those two. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Moving on to another running back story. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said J.K. Dobbins is a 100 percent healthy. Okay. He was activated from the PUP list on Tuesday. August 15th and return to practice. All right. Big no. So this is the thing with JK Dobbins. It's, it's scary to draft him. Now he's going as a running back 25, 69th overall. So you can get him in the middle rounds. You're taking him around Deandre Swift around James Connor around Rashad white. So it's not like it's a huge risk. My thing with J.K. Dobbins is he's so touchdown or bust. So throughout his career, he has never scored more than 13 PPR fantasy points in a game without scoring a rushing touchdown. In games that Dobbins has not scored a touchdown, he has averaged 6.7 fantasy points per game in his career. And again, this is in full PPR. That is... So I mean, that, low. that comes from the fact that like Lamar Jackson doesn't target the yeah. running back position. And I and guess that... they're going to do that more with Tom Munkin. Sure. But when he has to compete for goal line carries with Lamar Jackson and the fact that Gus Edwards is there again and they're both coming off injuries. Right. It's not like 
either one is more healthy than the other over the last couple of years. And Gus Edwards, a good running back when he's on the field. We saw it last year when he was on the field for a little bit of time. So I, I'm going to stay away from JK Dobbins. If he ends up scoring 12 touchdowns in this offense, he could a hundred percent and he's going to be worth the cost. But if he only scores eight, I don't think he's going to be worth rostering. So I'm going to say I pass on J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins going into his fourth NFL season. Do you know how many games he has played where he has scored more than 20 PPR points? One. Two. Probably because he scored like three touchdowns in those games. Um, two, touch- <laughs> two touchdowns. Uh, 160 scrimmage yards um, in in game one. So both of the games, oh, he scored 20-plus points. It was two touchdowns. So 12 yeah. of those points were made up, and it was, yeah. And he's all touchdowns, and that's fine, right? And he might score. Like, if you take him, he's on an offense that can score touchdowns. He's on an offense that's good for running backs. It's just he has to compete for these touchdowns, and I think it's just too – it's it, you're leaving it up to luck too much and uh, I'm not going to do that moving on to another running back room we have two more running back rooms to talk about because there's a lot of running back news this week Kendra Miller he's the rookie running back for the New Orleans Saints he sprained his knee in the preseason opener Ugh. the news is that he could be ready by week one but like he's already been he dealt with an injury that he was coming off of from college he took a while to Which was back. also a knee injury. Do we, do we know if the it's same, the same yes, knee? It's the same ah, knee. Ah, that sucks. So it took him a while to even get started in this whole, like, practicing with the team. And now he has an injury to the same knee. That He's is gonna brutal. Be I just don't think as a rookie that you can draft him this year. Especially because, I mean, the whole reason right, you might say he has a chance to break out is because Alvin Kamara is suspended for the first three games. You needed Kendra Miller to come out in those first three weeks and yep. prove that he deserves snaps. And now if he's not healthy, like this is Jamal Williams backfield for the first three weeks. If you want to take Jamal Williams to have him for the first three weeks, I'll, you know, he has that backfield pretty much to himself. And then when Alvin Kamara comes back, you can kind of hope that he still gets the goal line work, which he probably could. So I, I think Jamal Williams is an okay pick at this point with Kendra Miller and, gone and Alvin Kamara suspended. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I'm I'm probably out on Kendra Miller. I I just think these preseason snaps could have been such a game changer for him in terms of you know establishing his place as the clear cut RB two over Jamal Williams. But you know it, he's not going to have the opportunity to do that from the sideline, which is unfortunate. No, and also it's not like you can foresee the highest ceiling ever for Kendra Miller, like. In it, you, you're thinking in the first three weeks he can get a, a ton of touches. Maybe he can score a lot of points then. But with working with Alvin Kamara and working with Jamal Williams, like how much space is there really for Kendry Miller to work? Anyways, if I'm wrong on him, like if he ends up landing in some time, some type of scenario where he gets a ton of work, fine. But I'm going to miss out on him because I'm not. I'm not taking a risk on that. No matter, he's going to be like one of the last round picks. But I still don't even think that's worth it. So where would you where would you want to uh, draft Jamal Williams? And you know after this injury, I, I'm okay. You know, putting him up towards. I, I mean, I would rather have Jamal Williams than Devin Singletary, than Damian Harris, than Shamaje P Ryan, than Devin A Chain. Maybe he did do pretty well in preseason. So you know, once you get into the twelfth, thirteenth round, I think Jamal Williams is a really good bet there. All right. 
All right, moving on to another backfield that totally got shaken up this past week because, you know, I've always been on the Rashad Penny train. I can't get off of it. And he goes to the Eagles, and you're like, he gets to play behind a great line, and he should be the first, second down guy. Well, it turns out he might not be because there's been now multiple Eagles beat writers and reporters saying that Kenneth Gainwell is the team's early down back, and he has been throughout camp, and he's – doing really well and then there's also this whole note from a a reporter on sb nation bleeding green nation uh co-worker kind of co-worker on a competing site uh he said kenneth gainwell is playing like a feature back he has increasingly been the team's early down back where he's getting touches as a runner i thought that might be where penny finds himself but gainwell has undoubtedly had a stronger camp he's gotten the vast majority of first team carries and excelled there not ideal and apparently he's been getting the short yardage and goal to goal situations as well and he's he scored three touchdowns the other day in practice on those i mean very very interesting because we really like like kenneth gamewell coming out of school yeah and like the thing about like rashad penny is he's already kind of at a disadvantage right like because this organization knows Kenny Gainwell very well they know boston scott very well and what their skills are and what they can contribute and clearly, like, they're, they're you know, an integral part of the team. And we see them rotate in and out, even in scenarios where you feel like, like, maybe they don't even need to be there. But this team clearly likes them, and it, we're not going to be arguing there. So, like, you bring in DeAndre Swift, yeah, Penny definitely feels like the odd man out, especially, like, if – I'm in the room and I'm trying to make a decision here. Like, do I want to go with the guys I know who I know their vibe with the locker room and, and have been a part of this from the get, know the book, know, know everything about this offense inside and out. Or am I going to take, you know, a risk on this high upside player who has a lot of potential, but he's 27 years old. He's got, you know, the injury history from hell. Like, yeah, I'll probably go with the safety, you know, knowing that you have a great offensive line and you've got all these weapons surrounding him. Like, yeah, you're probably just going to go with the guys you have in house. Yeah. I mean, and when Kenneth Gainwell was coming out of school, I compared him to Austin Eckler. I mean, he's like his little twin and he is very good as a pass catcher too. I don't think he's going to be utilized in the same way Austin Eckler has. And because very different offenses between Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, where Herbert passes it down to the running back every two seconds, it feels like. And then Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, and Jalen Hurts rushes when he's in, uh, you know, he's in that scenario where he needs to get out of the pocket and get the ball out. But they, I mean, Austin Eckler had his breakout. He didn't do anything for his first two seasons. And he had his breakout in year three when Melvin Gordon uh, missed some time there. So I think maybe we're in a similar situation here where Miles Sanders is finally gone. And Kenneth Gainwell could get his chance, even though they – brought in these two running backs. So I think at this point, Kenneth Gainwell was the one to sit out the preseason game. He did not play. Neither did Boston Scott, which was weird. That typically means that you're going to be the starter if you don't play. And Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift did play. And DeAndre Swift actually, like, he he came in, he got his touches, but it was actually Penny. Penny played two more drives, so um, the, the starting team left the field, Penny played two more drives after the starting offense left the field. So he really was that guy. Like, it wasn't like, you know, you did see Penny mix in with the starters there. But, 
you saw him stick around for a while longer, which just generally speaking isn't a great thing for your standing on the depth chart. And right now, Rashad Penny's going 126 overall. So you're taking him in the 10th, 11th round while Kenneth Gainwell is going undrafted. And I, that likely will train, change by the time we get to drafts. I definitely think that's going to change. But yeah. Kenneth Gainwell needs, needs to be the one you're focusing in on right now. Like I want Rashad Penny to succeed more than anything, but I'm willing to change my stance on this and say Kenneth Gainwell might be the guy you need to look at in the Eagles. And at this point, I just want the cheapest guy, right? And there are rumors that Boston Scott might not make the team because Trey Sermon might take a spot, but who really cares about either of those two? Yeah. So we can ignore that. All right, moving on to a different position. We got through all the running back news. There was news that came out this morning. Quarterback Anthony Richardson was officially named the Colts starter for week one of the regular season. Let's go. When this came up, I thought they were just naming him the starter for preseason game two. I'm literally shocked that uh, I mean to commit this early and like to not, announce yeah. it. It's not like he had an amazing preseason game. He looked okay at times. He looked bad at times and he threw a really bad pick. So I I'm shocked that they're doing this, but it's good to know. I'm just like, I I'm surprised. I feel like, um, it, this is so refreshing to have like some honesty. I don't know. Um, just to have like somebody come out and actually make a decision and not play stupid. You know, I, I just like when people are forthright with information and I do. I mean, and now we get to like figure out what we feel about this. I mean, I don't necessarily think this is good for Michael Pittman or Alec Pierce at all, even though Anthony Richardson did throw a spot on deep pass to Alec Pierce that should have been like a 40 yard touchdown, 40, 50 yard touchdown. And Pierce just dropped it. But coming out of Cincinnati, like that was, that was Pierce's bread and butter was like these deep receptions. I think like Anthony Richard, definitely Anthony Richardson, definitely going to, you know, overall raise the ceiling of this offense. I think probably also raise the floor because like he's going to be able to extend plays with his legs and, Overall, I think it's good. Anthony Richardson needs experience. You know, like we've had this talk all week long about Trey Lance and how much he could have benefited from experience over the last couple of seasons. I don't think the Colts want to make the same mistake. Now, Anthony Richardson coming out has slightly more experience than Trey Lance, but still very raw as a passer and generally inexperienced. I think this is a great move. Like you need live game reps. And I get like, they're going to lose either way with Gardner Mitchell or Anthony Richardson. So put him in there. It just really comes down to fantasy now. I, I know a lot of people are calling for Anthony Richardson to be a steal in, in fantasy leagues because of his rushing ability, and I totally see that. I also – I just don't think he's the quarterback for me this year. I might really like him next year, right? But I, I just – I think he's a little too raw right now. I could see maybe the Colts losing too many games and maybe trying out Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson just looks too overwhelmed, throwing too many interceptions and making too many bad plays. So I – like, he's going around Daniel Jones. I'd rather take Daniel Jones. He's going around Russell Wilson. I'd rather take a shot that Russell Wilson gets better and more improved with Sean Payton. Or also, I just – you know, I want one of the earlier guys in Justin Herbert or Justin Fields. So – I won't be counting on Anthony Richardson this season, but I could see how he could be a decent fantasy asset as long as he runs a ton. But then moving on to the running back with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor. So Colts, head coach, Shane Steichen, 
said he expects running back Jonathan Taylor back with the team next week. Do we believe this? Well, like apparently he's like back. Practicing. He's been around. Yeah, he's been around, but like back practicing with the team next week, I guess is supposed to be what happens. But I was listening to another podcast today and I can't remember which one it was. I'm very sorry. But they said they are watching. How many podcasts did you listen to I today? Listened to, no, it wasn't today. It's sometime this week. I listened to a lot of podcasts. But they said that they're looking at Jonathan Taylor on the sideline and he like he looks hurt. Like he doesn't look 100 percent. Really? That scares me at this point when it's August 15th and you're not fully healthy with your ankle. I'm trying I, to I think of who was it PFF? It may have been the footballers. No, no, no. The ringer. I don't know. I think the ringer went. We're just saying them all now at this point. I listen to them all. It's one of those. They're all fantastic. Go listen to them all. But after you listen to us, because we're more important. Hey. I keep moving Jonathan Taylor down more and more and more because there's too many guys that you can take. I know Jonathan Taylor is an exceptional talent. And if he's healthy, he's going to get a lot of work and he'll, he'll be fine. Right. He'll score points. But. Also, we don't know how many scoring opportunities he's going to get in this offense. And when you're looking at the other guys that you can take around him with Tony Pollard, with Najee Harris, with Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, like all these guys are also going to get a lot of work. And you don't have to worry about an injury yet. Like they could get injured, of course. And you don't have to worry about all this drama, I guess, except with Josh Jacobs. He hasn't been back yet either. But (laughs) Like, I would just rather take one of these other guys than have to worry about Jonathan Taylor at all. Like, he's honestly going, like, right next to Derrick Henry. I cannot imagine ever being like, I need Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry. (laughs) Right? Like, just take Derrick Henry. Yeah. And uh, Tony Pollard's going after Jonathan Taylor. A hundred percent. I would have taken Tony Pollard over Jonathan Taylor if both were good to go. And the thing, like, I I think is worth noting is that when Anthony Richardson was in the game – all of the running backs actually look pretty decent. Like I, I think that, you know, from a, a standpoint of the rushing game, like even just the threat of him on the field is going to open things up a little bit. So I feel like whoever's back there, like honestly, if Jonathan Taylor isn't healthy and Zach Moss comes back. Oh my God, with the broken up. I'm not talking about Zach Moss. Moving Come on. Come on. Devontae Adams. Forget about it. Devontae Adams injured his leg in joint practice against the 49ers. Do you think he's just scared of that big, bad defense? So apparently, uh, Jarvarius Ward kind of had a dirty hit on him. I don't know. But I don't love Josh McDaniels answering about how Devontae yeah, Adams is doing. Weird. He said Devontae Adams' leg injury isn't crazy serious. <laughs> what does that mean? What is crazy it's serious? Not- does it mean that he'll be definitely back by week one? Does it mean maybe he misses a couple of weeks? I don't know, but that's very scary for a guy you have to take very, very early. Hopefully. Like, we- okay. So if like, let's pretend we got in a fight, right. And I'm telling my friends about it and they're like, how bad was the fight? And I, I'm like, it's not crazy serious. Like your, your impression would be like, Oh, that was a bad fight. <laughs> yeah. It was a bad, fight. that's a bad fight. Like that, that's not good. Anytime you say like, it's not crazy serious. Like, just sounds pretty serious. Got to keep an eye on that because if he's still not practicing by the time we get to drafts, like there's other really good wide receivers going around him with AJ Brown, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, CD Lamb. Like there's other guys you can take that are a bit safer. I just hate if, lower body injuries with these receivers. If, like that is your leverage point. Yeah. If Adams is back though, and he looks good and you have at least a week or so before your draft to feel good about it. 
he should be fine, but just something to keep an eye on. And then uh, one last injury to report here before we get into our biggest winners from week one of preseason. We have a, a lot of fun guys to talk about that we need to be paying attention to when it comes to fantasy. But before we get to that, Mike Asicki sustained a separated shoulder Ouch. practice. And there is, he might be okay for this Patriot season opener. He might not. It does not matter for Mike Asicki. Sorry. Sorry, Mike Kosicki. But, like, I was not even looking at drafting him anyways. There was never a wandering eye for one moment. But I have been wanting to draft his teammate, Hunter Henry, I've this heard whole him. entire offseason. And I think this only, you know, can help him get more targets. I actually does. I don't even think it matters if Mike Kosicki's there or not. But but it helps. Yeah, it doesn't him, hurt. Yeah. Him not being there or just also suffering this injury. And he's the... Hunter Henry has been there, right? So Mike Kosicki was still learning the system. Him not having that time does matter a bit. But I, I love Derek or Hunter Henry this year. They have an actual offensive coordinator in New England, unlike they did last year. It seems like Hunter Henry. What? You're not going to call Matt Patricia like a glorified offensive coordinator? I mean, come on. He, he tried so hard. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited for them to have a true offensive play caller this year. And it, it seems like everything out of camp is really good reviews. And it, it was not like that last year. Last year it was like, oh, my goodness, this offense looks brutal. Mac Jones looks bad. Like, this is how the offseason went for them last year when I was reading training camp things. This year it's all like it looks so much better. It's actually looks an offense. Smooth. And yeah. his favorite target this offseason has been Hunter Henry. We cannot forget that Hunter Henry had nine receiving touchdowns with Mac Jones as a rookie just in 2021. Like that was just one season removed and he's basically going undrafted. Hunter Henry should be drafted. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our biggest winners from week one preseason. We had some win a win a chicken dinner. We had some really fun games. This was really fun. And like, honestly, I, I think it's such an interesting time of year. Like, Yes, you're always tuning into these preseason games because you want to see the starters. You want to see, you know, all of the the good stuff. But there's so many good players and so many talented players in this league that we just don't get to see because there are a lot of talented players playing ahead of them. And this is such a, an awesome moment for the players in the league to showcase their stuff and and prove themselves and, and be proud of themselves. And I, I love the preseason for that reason. Yeah, but now we're going to go talk about guys that are actually going to start this year and oh, actually make no. a fantasy impact. So first off, we got to start with our boy, Tank Dell. Yes. Rookie for the Texans. I mean, I did not see one play where that man was covered. There was, I don't think that there was a play. Because he moves man, like a freak of nature. Every single play he was covered. So he had eight targets, five receptions, 65 yards, and a receiving touchdown on 19 routes run in the game 19 routes he ran and he had eight targets on those and like the five receptions he had those three other targets it wasn't because he wasn't open it just was a bad pass that's all it was like he was open and he was there he didn't drop anything it was just not a great a great pass so he looked incredible and I'm very excited for him I will say though it was incredible with Davis Mills so CJ Stroud he only he was open on every play with CJ Stroud. He was in there with him and he had a target, but it wasn't accurate. 
It went for an interception. Yeah. Um, It It was was accurate to the other team. Yeah, it was accurate to the other team. CJ Stroud had a really bad first outing, right? We'll see what he looks like coming along. It didn't feel as bad as it was until you watched the other rookies, and then you're like, oh. It was was pretty bad. Yeah. But Davis Mills comes in, and he only had eyes for Tank Dell. If Davis Davis Mills looked fantastic. Well, because he was targeting Tank Dell. Yeah. Over and over, uh, ranked second Mills- in PFF uh, passing grade, um, 126.7 passer rating. Tell me outing. why, like, I'm rooting for Davis Mills now to start, just so he only looked at Tank Dell. It was Tank Dell, Tank Dell, Tank Dell, Tank Dell. Like, every time Tank Dell was on the field, he made sure to pass to him, and I, and I just love that. So if Davis Mills starts, I feel real good about him. I Now I need to see if C.J. Stroud can get better. Over the next couple of preseason games, he looked nervous. He looked shaky, um, and like it's worth noting too. So, like the the starting receivers, we did have Nico Collins, we had John Mechie in this game, we had Tank Dell, um, but Robert Woods and um, oh my gosh, Noah Noah Brown uh, both sat out this game as quote unquote starters. Okay, well. I who knows how that'll who that'll how that'll sit. Uh, you know, we've heard really good things about the rapport with Nico Collins. We've heard good things about Dell, but not a single receiver in Stroud's playing time saw more than one target. He was spreading the ball all over the place. So like, I would like him to concentrate on Tank Dell a little bit more (laughs) personally. No, but I I love this for Tank Dell. Definitely someone that you need to be drafting late in your drafts. He's going in your double digit rounds. I think he'll stay there. Well, I mean, he had, did have a very flashy preseason opener, but Maybe he can calm down a little bit for the last two games so he can stay in those double-digit rounds. But he's someone you should definitely be keeping an eye on late in your drafts. And then also these two guys, uh, Sam Hall, quarterback for the Commanders, and Jahan Dotson, wide receiver for the Commanders. This is like my favorite little quarterback-wide receiver duo this year for their value. Sam Howell had a really nice outing. Nine for 12, 77 passing yards, one passing touchdown. And then Jahan Dotson had two targets, two receptions, 30 receiving yards, and a 26-yard touchdown from Howell. I love these two together. I've talked about it all offseason long. And I actually, I'm coming around that Sam Howell needs to be drafted, in, even in one quarterback leagues. Take him with your last pick. I don't care. But he needs to be on your team. And Jahan Dotson, I, I think, has a chance to be the better wide receiver for fantasy this year than Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of upside here with this pairing. Um, Sam Howell, you saw little bit of that arm strength you saw the mobility like he looked really good when he was like flushed out of the pocket um just really like even throwing outside of the pocket like there were a couple of little risky risky throws that maybe I wouldn't recommend trying out in a regular season game against like starting defenses but he just looked he looked good he looked confident he looked like the moment wasn't too big for him and he he looked like he knew what he was doing a hundred percent. So that only made me more All excited because I've been, I've been like really excited about this duo together. So for them to score a touchdown in the first preseason over on the few drives that they were in on, I got really excited. And also it seems like from all the, the coach speak out of the commanders, like this is Sam Howell's job. It's just like Jacoby Brissett only gets first team reps in like certain weird situations in practice where they're like, they're like, okay, we can, we can let him have some, but weirdly it also feels like they're like, well, it, you know, it, 
you know, you still have Jacoby still no, competing. No, it's Sam Howell's job, 1,000%. And Jacoby Brissett came out and threw an interception. So Sam Howell had the better night. Michelle says, ha ha. Ha It's Sam Howell's job. Like it just is. Then you got the Bears, another team we love and we're very excited about for their offense this year. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Khalil Herbert come out and just have a show. Now, I will say DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert did all the work, right? Justin Fields had to just make two short passes and they brought it home. So Khalil Herbert had a 56 receiving yard touchdown. DJ Moore had like over it was 60 plus something receiving touchdown. It was ridiculous. An average depth of target of negative 2.4 yeah. yards. <laughs> so Justin Fields didn't really have to do much, but it was really impressive to see these players go. And I think the one guy that really needs to be pointed out here is Khalil Herbert because he has his ATB ADP has always been a steal this year. You've been able to get him in the 10th, 11th round. And the only reason you would have any hesitancy to take him this off season was you were uncertain if he was going to be the starter because they had Deonta Foreman. They drafted Roshan Johnson in the fourth round. And you were like, this is a crowded backfield. Like what if, what if Foreman or Johnson's a starter? What if they're all splitting? Well, in this preseason opener, the main starters, like the top starters, played seven snaps over two drives. Herbert played on every single one of those seven snaps and then came out with the rest of the top of the starters. And you had Deonta Foreman not even take a snap until the second quarter with the backups. And Roshan Johnson was playing all the way into the last seconds in the fourth quarter. That was weird. Which is like, that's just saying like, we don't really care what happens to you. Like we need you to prove to us that you can play in the NFL. We do see, you know, like rookies start out pretty far down the depth chart and they can work up. Um, He was playing the entire game, which is crazy. Well, it's crazy. Entire Um, game from when he finally got the snaps. But then also with Herbert on those seven snaps, he had again, seven snaps. He had four carries plus a 56-yard receiving touchdown. He touched the ball on five of those seven snaps, and one of them went for a 56-yard receiving touchdown. Every time this man gets on the field and he gets a chance to show what he can do, he shines. And this offense is too run heavy, too good at running to not – like, Khalil Herbert has such a high ceiling. and I Such think a high ceiling. Really low – a really high floor, too. I, I think, like, he's going to get the yards. He's going to score touchdowns. And apparently, maybe some screen passes to the house – Claire Herbert is such a steal. I'm fine reaching like two rounds on him to make sure I get him. A hundred percent. I have been banging the drum for Khalil Herbert for forever. Like from an analytics standpoint, there's nothing you can't like about him. Like average 5.1 yards per attempt so far in his career. Um, 85.9% or PFF rushing grade uh, ranks 14th among all running backs. Like no qualifiers, just he's the 14th best. Uh, He's just such a good pure runner. And you know, 3.3 yards after contact per attempt, 21% missed force tackle rate. Like those are metrics that put him among the league's best running backs, like across the board. When he touches the ball, really good things happen. And I, I don't understand, you know, I, I understand that Deontay Foreman had a really exciting season and I really like Roshan Johnson. A really He's one exciting of my favorite. season is a little. He, no, he, he had some. Okay. In 2022, he had a, a breakout season. So I, I understand people wanting to go back to the well there. But, like, Deontay Foreman also, like, he's, what, 27 years old? And he had a age 26 breakout. Like, how often can you count on that to happen and go back to the well for it? You can't. Yeah. 
you can't. You can't. All right, moving on to the next breakouts for uh, the preseason. This is very exciting for us. It was George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Kenny Pickett. I mean, they played one drive together. and Bing, was, bang, boom, baby. It was pretty freaking fantastic. Listen, all I wanted to see out of Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada is I'm throwing down the field and I'm using the middle of the field. So when the drive finished with a 33-yard dart, I may say, from Kenny Pickett to George Pickens, over the middle, I was ecstatic because you know what happened after George Pickens caught the ball? He had room to run after the catch. Do you know how rare that is in the Steelers' offense? Every you mean you can't get yards after the catch when you target the sideline yeah, over and over and over? Yeah, you barely catch a ball on the sideline? Yeah, that's what I wanted to see, and that was amazing to see. Now we need to see it way more often. And then for Deontay Johnson, he had three targets in um, that drive. Like three targets. It was – I think he caught all three, right? Three for three. Yeah. Three it three. was – so – this is what I always been thinking about these two this year. Deontay Johnson's still going to be the number one wide receiver. He's still going to be the target hog. And that's what we saw in this first drive. And George Pickens will make the splashier plays. I, I did love this for Kenny Pickett. I'm not necessarily saying you should be drafting Kenny Pickett in fantasy. He he is mobile-ish, but like you're not going to get a ton of rushing yards from him. You're going to need a lot of touchdowns. Also going against the backup. Buccaneers yeah. defense like yeah there are qualifiers here it, but you should be very excited yes but there are still some qualifiers that need to be considered mm-hmm. when evaluating yeah. um I, so not still not drafting Kenny Pickett in fantasy but this makes me feel very good about George he's Pickett growing on me Deontay he really Johnson. is I, ugh. but Deontay Johnson he is going to score a lot of fantasy points this year the he was still wide receiver 28 last year in total fantasy points among wide receivers, and he had zero touchdowns. Zero. Like, that's not going to repeat. That's an anomaly. He gets a ton of red zone and end zone targets. It's not going to happen again. He led the team with 15 receiving touchdowns over the two years prior. It just, it happened. It was the first time in NFL history that he had the most receptions at 86 without a receiving touchdown in NFL history. You know wow. Yeah. He he made the impossible happen, but it's not going to happen again. And then we have two more winners to close out this show. Two guys who did not play, but they won because the people who did play were <laughs> not very good in front of them. And the first one is the 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy. There was some question marks. Maybe Trey Lance could compete for the job this offseason. It was always a small chance when Brock Purdy was healthy, but – man the Trey Lance looked bad and don't get mad at me 49ers nation I was rooting for Trey Lance to be good he has not grown at all from when he came into the league his processing he is- needs live game reps. yes and he's not going to get it with the 49ers as he shouldn't he shouldn't no he shouldn't but like why did the 49ers think this was a good idea I don't know. it was a terrible decision by them to draft stupid the- like the honestly it's just it's a bad decision process yeah. from the 49ers and this and everything we've been hearing this offseason was Trey Lance has improved Trey Lance has gotten better maybe we're over exaggerating about one preseason game we we could be but that first preseason game, he made multiple really, really, really bad decisions. He was slow at processing, and he looked slow just as a runner also, and that's supposed to be his strength. So 
All of that together makes Brock Purdy a very big winner. And also, a coincidence or not, that <laughs> right after, you know, they have that preseason game um, on Monday, Brock Purdy no longer has any restrictions in practice. He can he can practice all the way through. He's good enough. Just kidding. Yeah. Brock Purdy's fine. So now he's taking all the first team reps because he, they need Brock Purdy to play. And then the last guy who won, our boy Damian Pierce, I say our boy because I'm joining in now. Uh, but Devin Singletary played a lot while Damian Pierce didn't play at all. And again, that's great in the preseason. Devin Singletary had five carries for 14 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. He did not look special in the slightest. And I'd said, argue his best play of the day was a two-yard gain yeah, on he a made third the first, down conversion. He made the first guy miss. Yeah, same. And but it was a two-yard gain. And I was like, that was only two yards? Ugh. He stayed in the game pretty long, like much longer than I expected him to. I, I think all of that together is a really good sign for Damian Pierce, especially because, like, Devin Singletary has been in the league longer. So you would think that they would either play them both or Pierce would be the one that is playing. And it just shows you, like, the, the tear break, I think, between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary for the Houston Texans and in real life is – pretty significant yeah it is and i i'm getting higher and higher on damian pierce every welcome second welcome we to draft. the club honey. i know but i don't want to get too high so i need the drafts to just get here because i keep talking myself into these guys and making it high like justin herbert i'm like i i i remember when i said he's gonna have 50 passing touchdowns yeah getting to 60 I'm just, I'm just kidding uh no but i am you remember just, how i said damian pierce is gonna be the rb 15 RB1? RB1.5. <laughs> no, but uh, there were some really great performances here in preseason week one, and we learned some stuff. So hopefully we get to learn some more in the preseason week two. We will be in – we'll be traveling a little bit this next week. So maybe the episode might be up a little bit later. But we'll have something up for you later next week. Anything else you have to say? To our lovely listeners. No, no. I think we're we're set. All right. If you have any questions or you want to hit us up, you can find me, Michelle, on X at Ball Blast em, Ball Blast E-M. Ugh, don't say X. Like, ugh. Sorry. Ugh. I'm uh, trying to get used to it. I know. I, I'm sure Elon Musk appreciates the effort. <laughs> um, you could follow me at Kate Maju. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.